0: What's going on, guys? Welcome to Dual Shocker Shotcast episode 175. Thank you, George, for messing up the intro. I'm your host, Tony Polanco, with George Jimenez. (laughs)
1: Hi.
0: Ryan Meitzler.
1: Ah, damn it. I was trying to get the Godzilla roar sound effect ready, but it didn't happen,
0: so sorry. (laughs) And since this is episode 175, I wanted to have two special guests, and I got two special guests. Joining us is Mr. Jake James Lugo from The Coalition. What's up, people? Slash uh, co-host of the... Spoiler alert, because you're on every episode now. <laughs> I love movies, yeah. Love movies. And, Yeah, and of course, since I kiss their asses like every week, I had to have Mrs. Gamilia Avendano Oh, I almost fucked up your last name, avendano Oh, cool.
2: everyone you heard Spanish
0: <laughs> for a second, and then you just dropped yeah. it. <laughs> yeah, Amelia, yeah, Amelia Aventaño from Twinfinite. Hi. Hi. Hello. All right, guys, thank you for joining us. Uh, we're going to have a fun show for you guys, so we're going to start with the usual. <laughs> that sounds like just trash, man. You couldn't even it. I hear tried. That. It didn't really work, but oh, well. Godzilla now. <laughs> oh, God. All right, before this thing goes off the rails even more, George, hit us with those new game releases, man.
3: All right, guys, for this week, the hot game releases. <laughs> <laughs> Photos with Mario. That's That's not a strong start. I think that's pretty hot. Shut up. For the 3DS. Drakengard 3 for the PlayStation 3. Game of the Year. Uh, Wolfenstein, A New Order on PC, Xbox One, PS4, PS3, Xbox 360.
1: Also Game of the Year.
3: Transistor, PS4 and PC. Eh, it's okay.
0: Don't forget about Mugen Souls.
3: (laughs) Mugen Souls Z on the PS3. R-Type Dimensions, PlayStation Network. Yes. Sparkle 2. PS4 and PlayStation Vita. Dragon Beach, Legend of Pinball. PS1 import. On the PlayStation Network. Shin Megami Tensei, Digital Devil Saga. PS2 Classics, PS3. I think, I think James liked that. Oh, hell yeah. Yeah, yeah, I love my Matensei. Interrupted Neoplanet. PlayStation <laughs> 1 import. PlayStation Network. Tokyo 23 Coups, Sifuku Wars. Another PS1 import. PlayStation Network. Heroine dream two. <laughs> Jesus. What?
2: Wow, you really go through all the crap, right? Yeah. <laughs> Sahara's
3: little shop. This is this is getting weird. <laughs> PlayStation network. Always sometimes monsters. PC, really cool game. I love that game. Boards and soldiers HD. Wii U. All right, Wii U. <laughs> Mega Man Five. It's 3DS. Wii Fit Music for the Wii U. All right. Squid's Odyssey for the Wii U. Street Fighter Alpha 2 Wii U. And Tropical
0: 5 on the PC. Alright, yeah. All right. Uh, let's ask our guest first. Uh, JJ, what do you pick?
4: Oh, my God. What the heck do I pick? Just I mean, one. <laughs> <where are we laughs> number one. Number one, we got games, finally, on Wii U. Besides that, I mean, I guess, you know, it's a couple of good games and I like Shimagami Tensei. You know, great, great uh, classic to play. Anybody who hasn't played... That series should definitely dive in. Really great series of games, or not? And whatnot. But also Transitor. I love uh, Super Giant Games. I love Bastion. I right here is an awesome, awesome game. You say Transitor or Transistor? Trans- transistor. <laughs> transistor. Yeah, I said Transitor,
3: <laughs> I, I said transitor, right?
0: I, I, I Transistor, right? Transistor. I mean, have we been saying it wrong? No, no. It's Transistor. It's like you got to think about Stanley. Transistors. Transistor. Okay. Well, yeah. Transistor right here is a dope game. You guys should definitely check it out. Super Giant Games knows what they're doing. Yes, all right, Yami, what's your pick of the week?
2: Oh, man, so many to choose from. I'm a huge fan of that heroin game. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> no, but I'm going to have to go with, no, actually, a, a Tropical 5, and uh, it's a tie between Tropical 5 and Always Sometimes Monsters. I, okay, can I love choose that things. title.
0: Yeah, I like that title. Uh, it's Ryan, a great game. Yeah, Ryan, what about you, man?
1: Uh, I'm obviously going to go with Transistor. Uh, I reviewed the game, so naturally, there you go. Woo! So um, So... <laughs> Yeah, Plum. and maybe, maybe uh, also always sometimes monsters looks fun too, uh, followed closely by Wolfenstein. Nice. George?
3: Uh, I'm going to go with Wolfenstein because I'm hearing some like weirdly good things about it. Is, is it actually, is it Wolfenstein or is
1: it Wolfenstein or like Wolfenstein. something crazy like that? <laughs> are, we even, like, are we even pronouncing it? Like, like, is it like Frankenstein? like are we even pronouncing it wrong? Yeah. <laughs> <think of> that, <laughs> it's like, like Translator, yeah. right? I think it's that Bethesda <laughs> Party. That's what the guy was saying. That's mm-hmm. what I was saying. Wolfenstein.
3: Wolfenstein.
0: The German cover band was saying, Wolfenstein. (laughs) That's a German accent. All right. um, As for myself, I really want to pick Street Fighter Alpha 2 because that's my favorite Street Fighter game of all time, straight up. Um, But I'm going to go with Transistor. I started playing that. I'll talk about that more later on. Great game. And I want to give props to Wolfenstein, which... Leads me to um, the uh, first thing I want. Uh, Wolfenstein. Yeah, uh. Wolfenstein. Um, yeah, I. Yeah, go ahead. I was laughing. Okay.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> let me let me squ- be quiet so you can laugh. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Everyone <laughs> needs to hear me.
0: <laughs> um. So yeah, Wolfenstein. I want to bring up because I earlier this week I did an interview with uh, some of the guys that did the music for um the game. What happened was when we were at PAX East, uh, we went to uh, the ACES party. And I met the dudes upstairs, at, you know, because VIP, we're fucking dual DualShockers, baby. That's how we got it. <laughs> so we're up there and we're talking. And we, I talked to these guys for, like, maybe an hour and a half just about the music of the game. I was really, really drunk, too. So that's probably why it took so long to talk about it. Um, but, you know, once, they, once while we were there, we like, hey, guys, why don't we do something more formal? So I got together with them last week, and then we released the interview this week. And it was really cool. Um, yeah, the, the game, like, I think what, George, what you said is accurate. It's weirdly... Weirdly getting a lot of praise. I wasn't expecting that from Wolfenstein, because didn't the last Wolfenstein game like do crappy or something? Oh yeah, it did you know it did kind of crappy it was from Raven I think Ravensoft or Ravencroft. Well the problem with
3: Wolfenstein has always been I don't think it's been previewing well because this I think the sections we got to play were just very atypical first-person shooter, shoot the Nazi type stuff. Yeah, exactly. The, the thing that makes Wolfenstein really special is like, hey, there's some branching story stuff here, there's a perk system that wasn't in the demo I played, even though I was like a three-hour demo. I was like, nope, wasn't any of that in there. So it was like I really got such a tiny, tiny slice of the game, and yeah, just I don't think it previewed well at all. Which was, I think, its ultimate problem, because a lot of people are just like, oh, it's another Wolfenstein, Nazis and robot Nazis. Okay, great, I guess.
0: Yeah, they were. The expectations were kind of low. But do you think if the expectations were low, that's why it's kind of getting praised? Like, hey, this game's actually not that bad. You I think, think so. might, You think so?
2: Yeah, I rented it, and I returned it today. I had it for one day. I was not a fan. I think it's one of the most... Uh, not, I don't want to offend anyone, that's why I don't like giving my opinion, but I think it's one of the most uninspired games of 2014, actually.
4: <laughs> Jeez. It is, like,
2: just super... Not like not that it's a bad game, just that it's super uninspired. It, it, there's nothing that stands out for it, for me, at least. Like, I'm just like... It's the same shit over again, <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't care for it.
0: <laughs> I don't know, with me, what set out to be was the music. That's why I interviewed the guys. I'm like, that's interesting because they had to th- really think about this. Like, what would music be like in 1960 ruled by the Nazis? How would pop music have been taken over by them? How would they went to a lot? So in that sense, it is kind of unique. I can't speak much for the game. I mean, I played a demo of it. It was just like a kind of typical game, like you said, but I really like the whole philosophy behind the music of it. like that. That's a lot of world building you need to do. Like, they even made up stories for the People that, you know, the artists and stuff that had to make a backstory. It's like, why would they sing a song about that? Why would this? Why that? It was really cool. So I like that. Um, but some people seem to like it. So who, know, who knows? Yeah. You know, yeah. So, but yeah, it, it's cool though. Um, yeah. I'll be reviewing it sometime this week. They
3: sent my copy to the wrong person. So,
2: uh.
0: <laughs> oh man. And then um, the other um, big thing we had this week was. Uh, <laughs> this is going to lead to our main topic. So I reviewed <laughs> Dragon Guard three, and people are mad at me.
2: Congrats!
0: Wait, you had an opinion
3: on something on the internet, and someone got mad at you. This is that's fun. a bronze trophy unlocked, my friend.
0: <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, I've written a lot of reviews of my time, but I, I've nah, nah, I've gotten some hate on the same level as this. But basically, what was going on is uh, the, the thing they nitpicked the most was the fact that. I don't like hack and slash games, and I've never played a Dragon Guard game, so that it was like, hey, you shouldn't be reviewing this. But it's like, um.
1: Yeah, Tony, so my... why should you? No,
0: I'm <laughs> kidding. Bye. Yeah, you game
1: reviewer, <laughs> stop reviewing games.
0: <laughs> yeah! <laughs> it's like, my you job are... description is video game reviewer. Now I, sh- I shouldn't do that. Yeah. So, right. um, but yeah, I want to talk, before I get to the main topic, I want to talk a little bit more about the game itself. Um, why I can have a problem with it. Um, yeah, it's just, one of the main problems with hack and slash games, a lot of them, not all of them, most of them, the combat never feels, like, solid enough. It's like I'm hitting a bunch of dudes and stuff, but it never feels like I'm really beating the shit out of them, like like in something like Ninja Gaiden or um, Devil May Cry. Like, it really feels visceral. Like, that's kind of gone. It's just like, <laughs> what about God of War? God of War, that's, an, that's not a hack and slash game that has hack and slash combat in it, but that feels good, too, you know? So, I agree,
2: yeah. It's a lot less fluid with a lot of hack and slash games for some reason.
3: So, Tony, you think it was more of an issue of the overall animation, just to look at the game where it's like you, you hit someone with whatever giant RPG sword you hit them with, and it doesn't feel like you're actually doing
0: that much damage. And so, you think it's more of like a feedback issue where it's just. Yeah, it is a feedback That's one of the issues. But the other thing is like, just like Dynasty Warriors, you have 20 guys around you, you can kill all of them in about five seconds, so there's no real challenge there either. Do you think
4: also it's the repetitive nature? Because remember like in a game mm-hmm. like Dynasty Warriors or even uh, Sengoku Basara, you're hitting like the same like two buttons for like an hour on in.
0: Yeah, it totally is that because that's this game has a lot of combos. I only use one combo the entire game. It was yeah. effective. It wasn't that I didn't know how to play a game. I'm like, this is the most effective combo. It works on everything. I'm gonna use it. There's no need for me to change anything up. So yeah, it's totally repetitive. It's like, okay, mm-hmm. there's another 20 guys. Oh, those guys are shooting arrows. Let me take care of them first. It was the same process over and over and over and over again. And a lot of the games suffer from that. M- one of my favorite comments was, like, they were saying that I'm a Japan hater. I'm a guy that 80% of the time I watch is anime.
1: <laughs> you know? I was going to say, I went to a manga bookstore with, with Tony, so, you know, it was like... <laughs>
2: That's, like, so far, like, a left turn. It's like, hey, you're racist. You don't like this game. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, what? <That's>
3: the same <laughs> argument when Resident Evil 4 came out, where it was just kind of, like, universally panned by critical oh. Fox
1: what? 6. No, that, that yeah, was 6. six. Resident Evil <laughs> 4 was crazy. I was going to say, like, wait a minute.
3: And there was this whole movement of, like, these are game reviewers just showing Japanese game developers that they need, they need to do better and they're making, you know, Resident Evil 6 as an example. It's like, no, they're just saying no. Resident Evil no. 6 is bad because it's
1: bad. The game just sucked mostly, yeah. You know was another one too that was
3: like that? Duke Nukem.
4: Duke Nukem Forever when it came out. Mm.
1: Yeah. No, so, I, I think people like to have that, like, grand conspiracy
3: story or... So it's like, well, oh, Tony's not into this type of game, so why should he review it? And it's like, hey, you know what? Part of, make, part of a good game is that anyone can pick it up. If anyone can pick up a game and enjoy it, regardless if they like the genre or the franchise, then that's a good game. Like, you know... Exactly. The problem is when you get to these very niche titles, and it's a niche title. It is. Like, Guard will have Guard fans, same way Dynasty Warriors will have Dynasty Warriors fans. And, you know, and they're going to buy that game regardless of the review. So I usually, you know, and I'm like, you're going to buy this game anyway, so you're really just reading this review for some sort of validation for your purchase or just kind of, you know, saying like, I see, it was good. See, I'm not crazy. And I was like, well, no. If you enjoy the game, enjoy the game. Like, you're reading the review for the wrong reason. The review should be like, if you're on the fence, like, Oh I've heard about Dragon Guard. Would I like this game? Let me read a review. Oh, this guy's never played a Dragon Guard game. Neither have I. So now we have something in common. Like if you, you know, if you are a Dragon Guard fan, you're going to read the review from like a Dragon Guard fan site that says we finally got the game and maybe you'll enjoy their review better. But like you know, don't hold one review as to be your there's no gun to your head. Like at no point is Tony saying you should never ever buy this game. I don't care what you think. No. If you buy, I will find you, I will take your shit. Yeah, shoe.
0: I ended it like that too. I'm like, I'm like, if you like these games, you'll probably dig it. If you if you don't like these games, you probably won't. And I am glad you brought that up because it, yeah, it's like, um I I thought I was it was better of me to be honest that I've never played these games than to just not say it at all. I think it's better for me to just flat out be like, okay guys, full disclosure, I've never played a Dragon Art game, I don't like the genre. I think it was better for me to do that than just, you know, pretend that I'm like...
4: You know something? I think it's also good, also, because you look at it a much more objective. View. You're not skewed by other stuff that's come beforehand like that. You don't have a, at least a sense of, like, favoritism or a sense of, like, biasness because you've played for the previous games in the saga. You get a much more objective thing. If something sticks out that's bad, you're going to say it sticks out because it's
0: bad. Yeah, exactly. There's, I mean, I, I played a bot
3: because they like the franchise. It's like, the, you know, people anyone's a fan of, like, the DBZ games. They'll be like, yeah, but you know what? They got all the DBZ stuff right. I'm like, yeah, that's great, and the game looks fine, but the camera controls like ass, and the fighting doesn't
0: work. Yeah. But oh my god, I hope I don't ever have to review one of those games, because I hate every single Dragon Ball Z I've ever played, bar none, has been cracked.
2: Oh, every no. Look one good one. One,
4: one
0: good
2: one.
0: And that's
4: Legacy of Goku 2. That was the only good DBZ game the RPG. Oh
2: my god, really? Not yeah. even Budokai 1, guys?
3: Budokai was failed! I like oh, Ultimate man. Battles 2, that was my
2: favorite. A I'm a huge fangirl. Wait. Which one?
0: Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> oh, go on Get on camera. There we go.
2: Oh fuck <laughs> it. I'm not gonna put it back up.
4: B B Z works better as like an R P G,
0: like how Legacy of Goku uh, 2 and Uh Bruce Fury was. Those yeah, those were like the best. I is, uh, the beat 'em up ones. The first one I played was on Super Famicom. I'm like, what the fuck?
2: And I love Dragon Ball. Well, those B- are love, terrible. Love... No, you don't play the ones before Budokai. It was like everything before Budokai was a friggin' badlands. Like Exodus up in this bitch. You don't play those. <laughs>
4: actually no, Super Battle 22, the fighting game that played like Street Fighter was actually good.
3: Yeah, that was a great game. The <laughs> one
2: that, was was that copied <laughs> Street Fighter.
3: That was the one where I actually burned the, uh, you can take your regular Super NES and if you if you take a hot knife and melt the little plastic ends inside the... Oh, hot, yeah, ...bit a Super Famicom
2: thing yeah. in there. Yeah.
3: <laughs> the first attempts at modding and it worked. It was the weirdest thing. Yeah. Wow. Isn't, I isn't lived that the weirdest the little mod? Show. What happened?
2: So random, it's such a random mod. It, oh, just break your SNES and it becomes yes, Super it fits. Famicom. It's, it's,
3: it's, the cartridges <laughs> were, had these bigger ends on the bottom, and you can only, and that was the only thing making it. Mm-hmm. So it was technically a region code. It was region locked, and these two little things were the actual <laughs> They do a This is the region locking, two little locked little quarter-inch plastic plastic prongs that you can just melt off. So yeah, I'm there like, as a kid, just melting off stuff out of my Super NES. So i can play Super
0: Famicom. Oh man, it thinks You know, and you guys bring that up. I need to bring this up too because. Um, Okay, because I had a Sega Saturn, and you could only play um, Im- import games if you had a special cartridge that let you play them. The thing is, when I used to play X Men vs. Street Fighter, X Men vs. Street Fighter needed a 4 megabyte cartridge. That was a lot back then, people, 4 <laughs> megabytes. So you needed to have this cartridge in there to play the game. The problem is, you also needed to have a cartridge that let you play the import game. So I would have to do this. You started up with f- the um, for- m- import thing, right? And you have to have- be in disposition. So once it says starts, Get that cartridge out, get the other one right in. You know, then it's <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah, that> pro action. <laughs> <again. Jitsu.
3: laughs> yeah. That spring trick with the pro action replay on the PlayStation 1 where if you want to play imports, you get a pro action replay, which is like a game genie or like a game shark. Mm-hmm. You boot the game, but keep it in this crazy like still mode, where then you could swap out the disc and put in your import disc inside there, but you had to keep the lid open. So they gave you they sold you the spring that would attach the bottom mm-hmm. of the lid, that would keep the disc running, <laughs> and when it got to this special point it stopped spinning, and then you do the quick swap. And then you just go from there. So you're just playing your imports with the disc so with the lid
0: wide open like no, that. Man. I totally
3: that's remember that. Game
0: right there. That's cool.
2: <laughs> I did that for a Dragon Ball Final Belt. I needed it.
3: <laughs> See, that's why I love the Dreamcast. Even though I'm pretty sure this is this helped killed it, is that yeah. it wasn't. You literally just put anything inside it and it would run. So if you yeah, had all you had the burn games. games, that's exactly what killed you it.
2: Burn the games and just ruin that system. <laughs>
3: yeah, you just get it, and I think once I figured that out, I stopped buying new Dreamcast games.
2: I, I think we're say, all guilty of that. <laughs> Nobody was, can no, be like, oh, no, I bought every single game. No. Yeah, I was about to say, yeah,
3: I'm not going like, to, like, you know, just be one of those people like, no, yeah, you, you guys killed the Dreamcast. Like, no, I think I helped it. As much as I, like, I,
0: helped, I killed the Dreamcast, it was me also.
2: I murdered the Dreamcast. I didn't even buy one until after it already died.
0: <laughs> I never got a Dreamcast. Oh, JJ, we got to kick you off this podcast.
2: Actually,
4: no, I, I take that back. <laughs> Recently, a couple months ago, I bought a Dreamcast, and then I got rid of it because I didn't use it. Oh, wow. wow,
2: wow. I love the Dreamcast.
4: No Shenmue for you? I was a Genesis kid. I was a Genesis kid. because I, I mean, I always grew up as a Sega fan because of Genesis, but I just never got into that later stuff. It just didn't happen.
1: Yeah.
4: I became a Genesis kid, then I became an N64 kid.
0: Oh yeah, just to end my little story, um, then they released a dual cartridge that had both the 4 megabyte thing and the import thing, so it was great. I'm like, I don't have to do the trick anymore? This is awesome. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Oh, so anyway, about the Dragon Guard thing, this leads into the main topic. Basically, there's a lot of things that you know, people on the other side of the fence don't really understand about the realities of what it is to be a video game writer. I know I had a lot of preconceived um, misconceptions that were kind of shattered when I got to this side of it. I, you know, if I was one of those guys, I wouldn't have been as vocal about it, but I would have been like, yo, dude, you got to play all the games, man. Like, I'll at least play some of them to have, you know, done this. But now I'm like, there's a deadline. Somebody needs to review this shit. It needs to be done. Um, that that's one of them, but you know, I'll, I'll get to back to myself in a bit. Um, let's start with JJ. Um, what what are some preconceived like con- misconceptions that you had before you were a video game writer, and then after you became one?
4: Well, before I became you know a video game writer, where
0: I started covering
4: games and like actually immersing myself in the industry outside of just playing the games, I, I obviously like you and everybody else. I thought that obviously people that wrote about games they, they were almost godlike at playing games, like because they were exposed to it so much. Like that, obviously you have to, you know, kind of pick up some sort of skills in a lot of the different genres. Like they were multifaceted. And I also kind of had an idea that because they had exposure to like all different aspects of the game and shit and whatnot, that pretty much they, they were kind of like a jack of all trades. And not a lot of people had a lot of specific like taste and preferences that kind of geared towards one thing or the other. As afterwards, when I started like writing more and started covering things more, that kind of like shattered. And I also kind of started looking at places like bigger websites, you know, like IGNs and game trailers and stuff. I started looking at them in a different light because I saw, like, now, you know, as opposed to being one wrong answer, one right answer to a specific question or an obstacle or whatnot, there was multiple, for me. There was multiple answers to the same question that weren't necessarily right or wrong. They were just a matter of perspective, Like right? Because one person doesn't like a particular game or doesn't like a certain genre or whatnot, doesn't necessarily mean that they damn it like that.
0: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's how it was with me, because I used to think, game, you know, these that was the thing I was going to bring up. Basically, I thought every game reviewer was essentially more or less a gaming god. They could play every game. They were masters of every game and stuff. And then I got to the other side, I'm like, okay, that doesn't seem to be a case. Uh, I won't name names, but a lot of these guys kind of suck. <laughs> Let's just be honest. And then with myself, I have my, my kind of biases, and then other people have their biases too. Even guys that are on bigger sites, they, you know, it's not where I'm not as subjective, uh, subjective as I believe. that Everybody is still an individual. That's one thing. It's like It demystified everything for me. It's like, they're not gods. They're just people. A review is not us, like a, you know. The and they're not games. always right. Yeah, they're, they're not always really, right. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, so that, that was, like, the main thing for me that was definitely shattered. It's like, everybody is a human being. They're not gods. They're not, there is no real gaming god unless you're, like, a Korean or something. It just isn't... <laughs> Uh, Yami, what about you? What, what stuff got shattered for you when you started doing this?
2: Like? No, yeah, I totally agree. It was the same case for me where I was growing up and I took these opinions as all-powerful and all that, and then I realized, I'm like, these people don't fucking have a clue. <laughs> <laughs> like, they have about as much of a clue as I do. Not that I cared to begin with about reviews. Like I, I'm, I read a review and I'm like, oh, I, I see it's your opinion. And I've always felt that way, you know. I've always known it's an opinion. But now I can see that it's an opinion from a gamer. And the only difference between a gamer that reviews a game and a gamer that just plays it is that the gamer that reviews the game is getting paid for it. And in some, ca- in many cases, they're not getting paid. <laughs> yeah, in
0: our case, uh, unless, actually, no, no, we got paid, right, right, George, you got paid off for Titanfall, right? Oh yeah, they, they, yeah, I got a there was a band full of suitcases of money.
2: Yes. Oh because that's Microsoft paid you guys off too. Oh my God.
1: Yep.
3: Yep. Yeah, we had
2: Sony for Infamous. I had to give them blood though. It was weird. It was a weird. They,
1: they paid him with the Titan.
2: The, a Titan team <laughs> dropped a dropped Titan on him. And, oh my
0: God.
1: He was yeah. I met people. It's go time.
2: George, no, you weren't supposed to give your own blood. You just give goat blood. Oh my God, no. <laughs>
0: oh, George, they got you, man. You know now yeah, they pranked
2: you. you so good. They pranked. <laughs> you.
0: Yeah, you must (laughs) be I'm good. Ryan, what about you? What stuff got shattered when you got to this side of the wall? Um,
1: I don't know. I mean, I guess it's because it's been pretty recent. I only really started writing about games like like a year or two ago. About a year or two ago. So I'm still pretty new to actually being on this side of the fence. Uh, (laughs) I've always been. I've always been on the other side because you know, for pretty much at least ten or fifteen years, I followed like various gaming sites from like IGN and Gamespot and. Game Informer EGM, and my favorite was One Up. They were the they were the site that really kind of got me into you know the whole thing. Uh, unfortunately, there are no more. But alas, um, the piece? Uh, I think the, the biggest thing I think wa- is that the biggest misconception I think is that w- when you're writing about games, you have plenty of time to play games, but that is not the case at all uh, because you spend way too much time writing about the games, and I think it's hard it's hard to actually get in time to play the games. Like whether it's stuff you're reviewing or playing as a preview or anything like that much less, like, any stuff that I want to play on my own and have fun with. So uh, I think that's the the big thing. But Yeah,
0: that, and that's something the, the fans kind of don't get a lot of times. Like, yeah, that happened to me. I was like, okay, I'm writing for video games, I buy video games every day, and I can't get to play them anymore.
2: Yeah. Yeah, I haven't played a video game <laughs> in three years. <laughs> you <play> for <laughs> <three years.
1: laughs> yeah, no, but I mean, like you know, between writing for the site and then also working full time, like it's it's tough to get it in, you know, because at most per night I'll only have like maybe one or two, at most two hours, like to to play games, you know, and then most of it I have to do on the weekends when I have actual free time. So
2: yeah, it's not as fun, and that's something that a lot of gamers don't realize that we're actually analyzing the game while we're playing it, so it's not particularly just we're playing it for leisure or whatever.
3: Right, yeah. yeah, I think it seems like, say, like a Mass Effect, where, like, I'm a big fan of the series, but I had the review Mass Effect 3. I had to play that a bit differently than I would play that yeah. normally, where it's like, I would stretch that out for weeks, do as much as I can, but it's like, hey, look, you got the game early, your deadline's in, like, a week, you have to cram as much Mass Effect as possible to have, a, to have an opinion that you can articulate fairly well right. by this day. Yeah.
1: That could yeah that can be the the challenge I think is like when you're faced with a deadline and you have to play through the entire game and form and formulate an opinion on it in a very short amount of time most of the time where you know at the earliest you'll get a game like a week or maybe two weeks before it's out and you have to get the review out so mm-hmm.
0: yeah exactly that, that happened with me too it's like with infamous is a perfect example normal because uh, I played two previous games what I would do is I would take my time with everything it's like let me clear out the districts then I'll do a story mission this time it was like Story missions. That's it. Yeah, yeah that's, anything,
1: all, so. that's all you have time for.
0: Yeah. yeah, and you know what? I don't know about you guys. Um, is Do you find it hard to break out of that mentality? Because I'm, I'm, I was playing Child of Light. I'm not reviewing it. The review was already done by the time I got the game, and I'm still analyzing things. Like, I have to review but I'm like, no, you're not. Just sit back and relax. You guys find it hard to get out of that mindset sometimes when you're just playing a normal game?
2: Sometimes. Definitely. Sometimes. Yeah. I freaking played Amazing Spider-Man 2, and I, was, I made a video about it. Like I can't just play a freaking game and not do something about it anymore. <laughs> it's yeah. a road in my life. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah,
1: yeah. Because I finished uh, Far Cry Three the other week, and I'm gonna probably do my next editorial about that. Uh, you know, even though it's a two-year-old no. game, and you know, yeah. But basically, yeah. It's it's as I was playing it the whole time, I was in that mindset of you know, like okay, even though we reviewed it two years ago, like I'm still yeah. in that mindset.
0: Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a weird thing to break out of. Even when I'm playing Transistor now, I, Ryan, I know you're reviewing it, but in my mind, I'm, I'm still thinking <laughs> that I'm going to review it. Yeah, yeah. I think when well, you I... start to notice things, it's like you never stop noticing them.
4: Like when you know what to look for, you're always going to subconsciously look for them because you have to do it so fast because of meeting
3: deadlines and stuff and other things you got to do. So it's always going to come like this. Yep.
0: Yeah, exactly. Yeah,
3: and like my big thing is like, especially when I do my certain criticism, I tend to focus on different things that other critics won't look at. Like, I'm really into, you know, if a game is supposed to be story or narrative driven, I really look into this narrative and be like, hey, there's some serious, play. you know, we can get on like the heavy rain discussion. It was a good game, but I'm like, man, this story is insanely dumb. And to me, that negative that ruins my experience more than just how well the game played. And it was like. I can't play this really fun game when there's plot holes the size of just boats coming through here. It's like nothing... This doesn't make a lick of sense to me. And, yeah, it's like, fuck, Heavy Rain. I'm sorry. I just... Yeah. I just, like, you know, just, just say fuck, Heavy Rain. I just bring it up. No,
0: but dude, Jason. Yeah. Yeah, well, no, but you're right about that. That was one of my problems with Dragon Guard. I'm like, I have absolutely no idea what's going on here. And it's like, I know it's like the third game, but it's the prequel. Shouldn't it kind of lead me into it? So you're right about this. Like, potholes and things like that, it it affects the game. Even if the game could be a masterpiece. But you but know it, what? It's it's,
3: yeah. it, it's it's a good ability. It's it's a good skill to have. Even if you're not reviewing a game, is to see why you enjoy it. Because to me, exactly. I think what makes a game reviewer different than, and let's talk that to the point where it's like, Being really good at a video game doesn't mean you're qualified to have an opinion, you know, like, it doesn't mean that your opinion is golden about the game. Just because I'm really good at Call of Duty doesn't mean that my opinion on Call of Duty is completely golden. I agree. Making a good at game does not make you a good game critic. It just makes you really good at the game. What makes a game critic good is the ability to play something and articulate an opinion. I think a lot of gamers have opinions and they have feelings about games, but they can't articulate it well.
4: I agree. No heartily, I agree.
3: And that's what makes a game reviewer, and and that's why some of us have favorite game reviewers because, like, I like the way this guy thinks, and I like the way he explains things. So even if we're disagreeing on a game, like, Tony really loved Infamous, I played through it, I know exactly why Tony loved that game, and I know why I hated this game. But Tony made his point so clear where it's like, I can see where we have the difference of opinion here, which (laughs) which is totally valid, and that's totally why his experience was more positive than mine, because... You know, he was like, "Hey, I love doing all this extra stuff in, Inf- in *InFamous*. It was great. I got my powers." And to me, I was like, "Oh, this extra stuff is driving me nuts because I personally hate doing extra stuff in open-world games that are overly repetitive." But you know it kind of reminds
4: me of a little bit of like a movie critic. That's why I, I respect guys like Roger Ebert or whatnot because if you look at like stuff like movies when you used to look at different films or whatnot. It, it's almost the exact same thing, only with us. You know, we obviously have a lot more time to look at st- specific things like that. And also, keep in mind. Having this type of skill to recognize certain things about a game, whether it's good or bad or whatnot, could also help you save a lot of money. Yeah. You know, in the long run. It could really, at least, just as a consumer, even if you aren't writing about games or whatnot, if you still know what to look for, or at least, you know, know what to pay attention to,
3: it can help influence your buying decisions and really have a positive impact on them down the line afterwards. And, and that's why, and we mentioned now, like, we grew up with certain sites because I think growing up we only had maybe a handful of sites that we could follow that had like big, Which is why, like, what you mentioned earlier, why it's like, you know why you, we thought that one IG interview was like the review. Like this guy must be a genius. He's the only one. Exactly. It was kind of like our only option. Well, now we have two million people reviewing games, and it's like you can find kind of like your favorite. If you're into like these niche Japanese RPGs, there websites that all they do is review niche Japanese RPGs. So it's like, hey, you know what? They're into this genre that I'm in. So if they hate it, my opinion might be more in line with this. So you have your you have outlets that you can go for and. Like I said, if you if you already have made a decision about a game, you're just, a re- you're just reading a review for validation. Like, yeah, that's first, exactly what it is. I love, I love reading reviews, good or bad, I don't know where they go, because I just, like, you know, I... Like they want the okay. That's what they want. Yeah, they just want, like, okay, I didn't yeah. make a stupid decision. It's kind of like that schoolyard argument. You just don't want people making fun of you for being the only person who bought, like, I don't know, Beyond the Beyond on PlayStation. <laughs> yeah. Beyond the Beyond. <laughs> yeah, you love it, and you're
0: like, that's a really shitty game. What?! But yeah, I, th- I think um, uh, as far as reviews goes, I think George, you and I are kind of same. I even if it's a re- like the if it's a negative review, if the person articulates it well, I like the review itself. You know, because a lot of people that's one thing. I you know I'll admit it. I kind of took this a little personal. Like the review was written bad. I'm like, what was structurally was it wrong? Because I don't give a fuck about what you think about my opinion. It's like, did I write this bad? Really? No. They, you know, it's like there's a difference between how it's written and what's set in it, because I've read reviews of games that the, the guy, you know, I like the game, the guy shit all over, I'm like, that was a really good, well-done review, you know, so, yeah,
3: i mean, about that. things maybe you don't bring up that often, like, you know, when, you know, when everyone really liked Bioshock Infinite, I, I read a review out there where it was like, hey, you know, all this action is kind of unnecessary, you can, you know, if they just ran this, you can run this game through with no violence and, you know, it, it it was like it it, was, it felt like the action was tacked on. I think. It was oh,
4: like- you know something also. Like usually when a game is actually really bad, you know how like some people get upset when they point out a lot of different faults for a game because they say like, oh, they were out there looking for faults or when they looking for things to nitpick at. Yeah. You know when a game is really bad or really terrible, it doesn't really. You don't really have to try hard to spot the things that are wrong with it. They kind of just reveal themselves to <laughs> you.
2: And a lot of people don't yeah.
0: see. Them just,
3: they just are there. Like it's so obvious. It's like you know, looking up at the sky. That point. Yeah, I don't know, and then we go back to this whole like numerical score argument where it's like, well, you didn't like the controls, is that like a point docked? And it's like, guys, and and I and I know that readers of websites they like they like numbers and they like stars, and that's just good for your, you know, it's good for your Metacritic and it's just good for SEO. But really, you know, like, I I prefer to just eliminate numbers entirely and just here here. i when I rather them keep numbers to be honest with you because I think it's a good summary, you know, for at least
4: for the person that isn't really caring about the point, of reading like the body of like what you got to say or whatnot, if you could still summarize your whole review within like a couple sentences or whatnot, and give it like a number score like that, I think you've still done your job just as effectively as like writing a whole essay's worth about why. I it don't know, man. <laughs> I, I
0: feel I feel it undermines what I'm doing. I, oh, I feel it undermines what I'm doing. I mean, I think
4: it, I think th- I can understand that, and I totally agree with you in some cases. I think it's the way that it's handled is what really kind of determines that whether it's undermined or not. Like if, for example, like I said, if you could summarize a review in like a couple sentences. Like that, and I put a number score to it, where you kind of feel like you generally have a feeling where you lie on a scale from like one to five or one to ten or whatnot. I think you've still done your job just as well.
3: Well, the problem is there's no universal number scale, so it's like exactly. You give a game a B plus, but I give it an eighty three. Is that the you know which which is a better review? Like who who won here? Like. and, I, and Metacritic's I mean, not the governing body of that. Metacritic shouldn't be the one to say, like,
4: okay, this equals what, or these two are like, you that's know... That's a know.
0: whole other argument right there about Metacritic. Course, that's a whole other debate, you know, yeah. like,
4: that, That's on the Metacritic, Metacritic podcast. And <laughs> here's the thing. Here's the thing. One, quick thought, one quick thought about Metacritic. That usually is done, and the reason why Metacritic is such a problem is because the publishers, and uh, sometimes, like, the different companies for these games, make it so much of a, like, a, a really significant influencing thing. That's why what it's become such a big problem.
3: People's bonuses are based on your Metacritic score. Yeah, if the game scores an 88 average, you guys get an extra bonus. Oh, we scored an 87? Well, that's too fucking bad.
4: And in reality, Metacritic doesn't really do anything but gather all the scores together. That's all they do. Yeah, exactly.
3: You know, I mean, and then I use the collective we. we.
0: We turned it into a thing
1: where it's...
3: You know, yeah.
0: it's, it's Okay, um, all of us watch Game of Thrones here, right? It's Varys' question, where does the power lie? Exactly. The power lies where you think it lies, and that we think the power lies from Metacritic, but it really shouldn't. Metacritic just—it's an like aggregate site. That's all it is. It has no real power, but we've given it power. It's—it's a—I it, don't like the whole Metacritic. I, I am totally against Metacritic. I really am. I don't. Yeah, I say it publicly, I am against Metacritic. I, don't I, like think, I think, honestly, I think
4: Metacritic could be a good thing, but the way that it's been handled, the way it's been touted off, and the way it's been treated by publishers, specifically publishers like that, is why it's got have get been given that such that bad visage. Yeah, because bad the movie, like the movie,
0: movie. they do They do movies and music too. They don't. The record industry doesn't care about Metacritic. The movies, yeah, exactly. Same thing, movies. So, Same they thing, movies.
4: They don't, don't
0: they don't care. You know, it's it's just it's it's frustrating. But let's get back on topic. Uh, George, what about you? What was one of the things I was shattered for you? Uh, when you got to this side of it.
3: Um, Shattered for me, I think when we, t- we you know, talked about it, like, you know, I-, I thought playing a bunch of video games made me entitled to have an opinion about video games, but the thing is, I've been reviewing video games for, almost, like, I think four or five years, so I've, I have a kind of a new appreciation, I, I kind of have a more positive twist on things, where I kind of have a greater appreciation of how games are made, and just, like, interacting with people who develop developed video games, I, you know, I-, I can really appreciate a good game knowing how much work, in- you know, went into it. And I, I used to be a fan of the person who, like, you know, when you play a shitty game, you rip into that shitty game. Hmm. And, and then we, we talk about, you know, what's the hardest review to write, and it's like, you know, a, a really bad game, those reviews are easy to write. They are. The problem's just one after another. After, and on a really good game, you can praise it, but you get kind of like those middling titles where you're just like, well, the game, I mean, it's, it's playable. I just didn't like it, and then you kind of have that thought where it's like, mm, maybe I'm just not a friend of the franchise, and that's when you forgot your number score is probably a you know, 5 or a 6 or something, but I think my, yeah, I think I, I, I lean towards making me Ryan's misconception, where it's just like, oh, these guys must just play video games all day, but it's like, no, when you start writing about video games, you actually don't have that much time to yeah. play them, but I, I do appreciate the games I do find, that I do make time for, so, you know, like, I, I, I play a lot of, like, Skyrim, I, I always kind of go back to Skyrim and I'm like, I kind of love this game, and this has always been my fallback game, or, hey, maybe I'll go and play some Hilo or something. It's like, you end up going back to, like, your tried and true games, and you're going to, and just because that's the only thing you have time for when there's, like, 50 million things coming out. It's funny how you go back to just the good old stuff sometimes. Yep,
4: yep. And for the record, just just a little side note, because we were both poking fun at how I said Transitor before, you just said Hilo. Yeah, you
0: did say <laughs> Hilo.
3: <laughs> I, kinda, I mean, I only <laughs> have one here. I'm, like, I'm not slurring <laughs>
0: I, I, I let him get away with that. <laughs> but yeah, I heard I do Hilo. Hilo. Hilo yeah, that's a really cool game. Halo 5? Halo 5. We'll talk about that in a bit. segue. <laughs> we wow.
2: <laughs> <Replay>
0: some Hilo. <laughs> oh, man. All right, so yeah, I mean, it's just, you guys, you know, either just be a little bit more um, understanding of how things actually work. I mean... Well, here's a tip. Yeah.
3: I'm sorry to interrupt.
0: I'm just going to interrupt you guys. Yeah, go ahead. Get, go in there, man.
3: So here's a tip. If, if you're a reader, just, you know, up Joe website commenter. if Comment after you play the game. So if you really disagree with Tony's review of the game, don't disagree with him just to disagree. If you actually play Guard and you're like, hey, I fucking love this game, we have a comments thread. Go in and be like, hey, I love this game for this reason. Like, you know, one thing I love about having this difference of opinion is that it fosters discussion. Yes. And that's why we are in comedians are so on Twitter. So it's like, hey, you disagree with Tony. He's right on Twitter. You can call him an asshole right to his face. It's great. <laughs> but... But, yeah, but don't, you know, I, I know people just have, like, that knee-jerk reaction to react. And it's like, you really don't have any basis to go on this. And we were, you know, and we were talking about as soon as, like, a piece of news comes out, and it's like, well, this is 1080, and this dropped down to, like, this is a scandal. It's like, no, read the article first before, you know, don't go by off a headline. Or, you know, like, when I did that feature about that, f- when uh, Facebook acquiring Oculus R for $2 billion, and people, this is the end of the world. I'm like, really? One tech company buying another tech company is the end of the world. This is None of this is Cyberdyne or just Skynet. This is okay, guys. Like, I don't know. I, I think if whenever you feel like that violent reaction to something that you read on the Internet by a person you've never met, take a deep breath, count to five, and if you still feel that way, then go right ahead and type it. <laughs> but just, like, just take a second, guys. Come on. Th-
0: this is why you're the spiritual voice of the Shotcast, my friend. So <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that was beautiful. Thank you for that. <laughs> All right. Uh, let's get into some news here. Um, I almost didn't want to put this in the show notes because I hate NPDs, but I think this is just interesting for one thing because um, Sony pretty much came out on top in April. Do you guys think when Microsoft goes to four hundred, you think they're gonna maybe balance things out? That's my personal hope, by the way. I hope it. You know, they kind of reach where Sony is, so we'll have an actual, real good competition going on here. What do you guys think? I- I think it's a step in the right direction. Yeah,
3: I mean, it'll move some units. I don't know if it'll move like, hey, we're caught up to Sony you now. Like, no, I think whatever Microsoft announced at E3 is going to be very important. Yeah. It's gonna drive, and that's going to drive figures where it's like,
4: man, that Halo—we're going to have something huge. Because look at it this way: we already know now that the Kinect is is, is gone. They have a bundle without it. They're, they're, we know where they're going at the 399 price point. We know Halo Five Guardians is coming out. They better—they either have something really huge, or they have nothing at
0: all. Yeah, Ryan, you going to say something?
1: No, as I say, just about the price point thing. I think it's a, a step in both like both the good and bad directions. I think because it's a good direction because like you know that was like the big thing that a lot of people like were turned off by with the original bundle, the five hundred dollar bundle was that you know that the the connect didn't really have enough games out for it to warrant you know being included and, and all that. So you know I think it's a step in the right direction that way that you know it might uh, attract people more to buying the system, but at the same time I feel like being at the same level as Sony and being seen as the weaker console will also affect them. Because, you know, for all the 720p jokes that people make about the Xbox One, you know, I think that's the the image that the console has compared to the PS4. And so because they're at the same price point, people are going to think, oh, the PS4 is the better console because it's, you know, because it's the same price point, but it can do 1080p. It can do all these other things.
0: So you don't think they could fix their image?
3: I don't think the image matters, honestly. I think, show me something cool. And if I look at something and it's... If you show me Halo 5 and it looks amazing, and then I found out, hey, that's actually running in 720p, and I'm like, well, that still looks pretty fucking good. I, I don't think that's going to matter to most people. Okay. I, think, I mean, it's,
1: still, I, it's just something I th- I think that might matter, but, um you know, but again, I, I could be wrong. You know, if they have a strong enough lineup of games coming out, like, you know, stuff like Sunset Overdrive that I really don't want to check out, or, like, the new upcoming Gears of War and, like, all that kind of stuff, then, then yeah, I think there's that, too.
3: I think Sony's messaging, messaging for E3 they're going to keep pushing that 1080p, like... And, and that's what I kind of like about Sony. Sony has not been shy about taking shots at Microsoft. And, you know, when, you know fine. I mean, that's good. Sony yeah. has been taking shots for God knows how long. It's kind of like, hey, this is kind of funny that they can actually, like, fire back for once. But um, I, I, and I think you're going to see just brand new messaging from Microsoft saying, like, hey, we're all about games now. Like, this is them. And in a way, I think this is, like, my, my mea culpa about Kinect, in a way, where it's just, like, really sorry about forcing this Kinect down your throat. We get it. And they're going to do what, like, you know, what happened with the PlayStation Move. They're just kind of not going to talk about it anymore. They're just kind of, yeah, yeah, some Kinect stuff. I feel bad for Rare. I feel bad for the developers
4: that were making all those Kinect-based games. Yeah. I mean, they still could.
1: I mean... They're they're still, but, not, no, but if, if that's really going to be their
4: bad attitude, bad if that's I mean, going to be like their approach for Kinect now at that point, I mean, look at all those other games. You no, know, not a lot of people are going to care about those games as much.
1: It, it the the problem is the Kinect's going to fall into the same exact trap that it had last generation, and this was I I feel like this is basically just Microsoft going behind the shed and shooting Kinect more or less, um, because you know their best chance I think was to have Fantasia like launch with the with the Kinect, mm-hmm. but obviously that didn't happen, so. I mean, at this point, yes, developers could still develop for the Kinect, but I think it's way less likely because it's not included with the system
0: anymore. Yeah, and then also, here's the one thing I was thinking about. So they obviously didn't have any big Kinect games in the pipeline to, for them just to cut this off like that, you know? like
1: Fantasia, that's really
0: about the only thing. Yeah. Like, that's about yeah. it. Yeah, so it's kind of... Because they were saying how Kinect was so essential and stuff... I guess it really wasn't. No, more. Yeah. No more. I think it was
2: still still extra massive. money. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> it's not essential for gaming.
0: Yeah, it, re- it really is. And um, it, by the way, speaking about comments, we had a lot of fucking comments for last week's Shotcast, man, Um, even though we were pretty even-handed about it, but it was mostly just the fans going at it in the comment section. It's like... Oh, those are the best, where it's not even about the article Yeah, was, yeah, yeah. You're yeah, an, an asshole.
3: asshole. Well, you're not- an cool <laughs> <the comment> <laughs> I like the
0: color green, and you're
3: a scumbag, and just... And, <laughs> Changes, which is great because you're a kid. I'm not a kid. I'm 37 years old and I have a job. I don't think you have a job. I have a job. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that, that's more or less how it goes down. I, yeah. I've seen some ridiculous comments. got love our community.
0: <laughs> yeah, I love them. Love them. Love them. I mean, it was just like, bro, because usually Shotcast, we don't really get too many comments and this one. is like, there's 70 comments. Well, what's going on here? And these guys are just. What Tony said. <laughs> Who did you insult? <laughs> <laughs> like, did George piss someone off here? No, no. it wasn't about anything we said. It was just them just going at it. You know, actually, you no, know, one guy, Damien, shout out to you, Damien. He was giving me some shit. He's always busting my balls. I'm just keeping it honest, man. The connect was not essential. Just keeping it real. Um, I, mean, I like yelling at it. Um, yeah.
3: <laughs> I, it's so weird because I end up i ended up never touching a controller with my Xbox One, and and I used I usually watch TV. That's how I change channels, and to me that works fine. And and you know, and then I got you know I got the PlayStation 4, and I didn't get it without a camera because fuck am I gonna two cameras? No thank you. Um, <laughs> yeah. So Bad. I was doing that, and it was kind of a pain in the butt where it's like, oh, I need to turn this on, and I'm like, oh, I can't just shout.
0: George, George what you need yeah, to do that. is you need to have the PS4 hooked up to your Xbox One and go Xbox. Turn on PlayStation. That's what you need to do. <laughs> that, that, that is no, actually
3: I only do it because there's a delay, and that's my my cable has that feed through there. So I would have you yeah, know, I'd like to try it, but it's just like that seems like why would I do a pass through of a pass through? It's like that makes no sense to me. But. <laughs> Ryan, go ahead, man.
1: No, I was gonna say that is actually one of the things I was gonna bring up before, but I I just forgot. But like uh, with Microsoft dropping Connect, it is also dropping like one of the the big distinctive features from the PS4 is the Connect because you know. Um, you know it, it is it is yeah, it is losing like the one thing that makes it unique from the ps4 and and now again they're they're just going I feel like they're gonna be seen as similar similar systems now. Three systems
3: with two really
1: shitty interfaces now. Yeah,
4: it's going to come down to those exclusive games. That's what it's going to come down to at E three. Which, which, yeah. which is what this fight
3: should be about. And, and if there is right. a I refuse to use the but, console war. But that's
1: but that's also what the what what the fights are usually always about. It's just that it comes down to the exclusives. Where I felt like this generation, especially, had a chance to be a little bit more distinctive and be more about the hardware rather than just the exclusive games. But now now that Microsoft's backed off on pretty much all their promises, they had it's going to come back down to the exclusives again. Which is fine, I don't mind.
3: If, if, yeah. if, that's, if that's what your consumer base wants, and like, uh, Microsoft clearly had a vision for where this Xbox was going to go, and whether that vision was good or bad, clearly we were not ready for it. Was it was a reaction.
4: That's why they're back so much. They got such a bad like, lash back at them over yeah. everything that they and were the doing. Is,
0: all this
3: could have been completely sol- salvageable if they were a little if bit... They competed better. They well, competed a lot better. Yeah, if they if you just made the messaging clear, because we we were just told about a bunch of things we couldn't do. It's like, hey, you need to always be online. If you can't go online, fuck you. It's like, you no, yeah, you totally can't always
1: online would have been a good thing. And if right. you you can't do it that way, you can't use used games like all that kind of stuff. They
4: needed yeah. they needed clearly like when all that was like first coming out. They needed to have people vetted on what to say and how
3: to say it because that was just a complete disaster. Too many people who who should have been media trained. It was like who should know how to answer questions. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like it was, that was their own fault. So. Yeah, I mean, tough shit is not a good answer to a question when someone says, "Oh, what if people can't play?" I don't
0: know. Sucks for them. No, yeah. better
4: yet. Yeah, here's, here's the thing. Hashtag deal with
3: it.
0: Yeah, hashtag deal with it. My that's favorite awesome. hashtag of last year, man. This is what makes me so like, angry. We're not the extreme generation anymore.
3: We can just give people attitude. Like, no, that's not gonna work anymore. We have to. You have to actually respect. your consequences.
2: Opinion. Yeah. If it's oh god, I studied mass communication in my university, so I just got fucking pissed over that guy. Like, how stupid <laughs> do you have to be to act that way in front of your consumers? Like, you're selling a product, and you're treating them like, shit, what's wrong with you? Oh, God, I can't, I can't. I think
4: Capcom could use a little of that. I'm just
0: oh, saying.
2: yeah. Well, I think everybody... I knows. feel like
3: Capcom's a company that doesn't... Be- oh, yeah.
2: Yeah. <laughs> I yeah, I remember,
0: didn't do dude, dude eventually go like, oh, like, would you live without electricity? Why would you not have be connected online? It's like, the homeboy. Really? Kept, I think he compared it to a toaster. Yeah, he remember, did. Like, you, it it was, was really stupid. <laughs> yeah, because that's how you view to make
3: fun of them.
2: <laughs> yeah, the messed up thing is that I kind of like, I, like, not that I agree, but I'm just also like, yeah, it's true, like, what are the odds that a person doesn't have internet, but in the case that they don't, don't be mean to them that they don't have freaking don't internet. No Where
1: yeah, do you live no. in, fucking Boondock? Where do you live in the desert? What you yeah, in?
3: They, look at, they look at them and they're like, yes I do. <laughs> I
2: do live, live in the ever. desert.
1: I feel like yeah, I feel like Microsoft is kind of getting the the whipping that like Sony got with the PS three where you know hey, the, the PS 3 another
0: job, then you can yeah, buy a PS three. Yeah,
1: exactly. They're getting the exact same whipping and you know, now they're gonna they're gonna cover their asses now this time rather than, you know, what Sony did which was, you know, Oh, just get a second job. You can get you could do it, yeah. And they're going through the same thing right now.
4: Mm-hmm. Oh, man, yeah, it's except
3: no blame it's like no we're fine it's you're the problem not us
4: <laughs> yeah. props to Sony on the rebound like actually taking the ball running with that like yeah, the whole I mean, thing at E3 when they were just showing off how to share used games that was genius
0: that was yeah. like a yeah, that game. was the best I was like, how do you share used games yeah. just, everything about them they had the they had the ball set up and they didn't drop
1: it which is good yeah them. they they I feel like Sony really with the PS4 set out to kind of repair what happened last gen and that they they Clearly learned a lot from their yeah, they're,
0: they're succeeding at it too, you know. Yeah. But that's not
3: right. We have to give Microsoft some credit for writing this quick, because yeah. usually companies that big, it takes them a year or two to actually be, to even acknowledge any problems. Like, yeah. we keep thinking of like old Sony, like old guard Sony, when they had that when they were hacked, they didn't let anyone know what happened for at least two weeks, and they were just like, Yeah, by the way, we were probably compromised. Maybe you should change your passwords. Also, this happened ten days ago, so. But also props to Microsoft for shaking things
1: up over there too. Yeah. yeah. I think it's also a lot of it is Phil Spencer as well. Yeah. In and I think so. I think so, yeah.
3: He's
1: yeah. he you know. like, <laughs> going on here? This is Yeah, I think when Phil Spencer walked in his first day, he's just like, all right, guys, let's just... <laughs> they just went to <laughs> town. Yeah. It <laughs> just, <laughs> it like, it's go time. He flipped yeah. over that board meeting table and was just like, all right, fuck it, guys. We're just going <laughs> to...
0: Yeah he, yeah, he looked at like all the plans around the table. Like, okay, so this is what we have planned for this year. <laughs> fuck it. Yeah, okay, like
3: block of all our Connect games. So it's like, oh, we've got one game coming out. Okay, we're losing this fucking Connect. What is wrong? With
0: this? Yeah. I would not be surprised if it went down like that. Exactly. But, yeah, no, we, but you're right. We really should give Microsoft a lot of credit. The system hasn't even been out a year, and they've made all these changes based on what we want. That's a good thing. It's like, you could save 180. That's a bad thing. That's a bad thing. Um, uh, okay, I can understand that to some extent. Like you're not sticking to your principles. but On the other hand, you're a company. You gotta make money. You, They're you willing to, to, to change, change, which is the biggest thing. Because okay. a lot of companies are not willing to change. I wish Nintendo would do this. It's like, dude, look at Microsoft. They're listening. Why aren't you? Oh my problems? God, you have no idea. Yeah. Don't we'll yeah. get me started on Nintendo. And like, and we're giving Microsoft crap for listening, which is yeah. kind of
3: hilarious when you think about
0: it. Yeah, it makes yeah. it makes no sense. It You're makes sense. me <laughs> what I want. You're a jerk. Like, <laughs> <laughs> how dare you give me what I want? What's wrong with you? Know. you to your principles, Microsoft. <laughs> oh man. All right. Um, I want to do a quick thing about um these fake E3 game reveals. Do who believes this shit? I did. I'm looking at like, yeah, right. Get. Nah, I don't believe that. I don't believe that. No, it's like.
2: Who the hell could have possibly believed that? Like from the beginning, I it, it had like Legend of Zelda as playable on the show floor. Like, come on, bitch, please.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, hey guys, this year is serious. We got Shenmue Three. It's coming this year. We. Oh, no, 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 no. my favorite, Last Guardian. Last Guardian. Yeah, Last Guardian is the new. We may get an acknowledgement that they're working on it. Yeah, yeah I mean, right. That's
3: it. Like, and, and maybe a trailer, but I don't think it's... I don't like, think yes, I can Guess going. what? Christmas, Last Guardian, and then the crowd are going... I mean, if they do that in the Cow Crockett's nuts, I mean... If they do that,
4: everybody's flipping a table at E3. I'm telling you right now, because...
3: I'm at a point where I don't even want Last Guardian. I just kind of love that it lives in this, like, weird space and, like... It's like the
0: Final Fantasy Versus 13 treatment now. It's like, it hasn't been coming for, like, the longest, like, we just don't care. Dude, it's the new Duke Nukem, man. I'm telling you. Yeah. You know, (laughs) it's hilarious. And then um, the other thing was about E3. Basically, um, people are complaining that a lot of games are getting delayed to 2015. As a video game reviewer, I'm very happy that these games are being delayed to 2015. I got time to play the other shit now. Yeah, but then that's less reason to buy a next-gen console. Exactly. Exactly. That is true. That's a good point, yeah. Because even right now, and George, you own both of them, even you would still tell people not to yeah, get the consoles. Wait, wait for fucking Christmas. I mean, wait till,
3: yeah, wait till November, because that's when you'll get, like, cool bundles.
4: Until even after Christmas
3: at that point, because then all those good games are going to be coming out around that That's time. true, too.
2: I'm but, not getting yeah. a next-gen console until, like, another year.
3: Me neither. Yeah. yeah. And when you do, you're going to have, like, a dozen or so really good games to play on them. So it's like, yeah, yeah, cool. exactly. I'm going to envy you. Cause it's like, oh, wow, you have a bunch of shit to play. Like, and here's the play. thing, too.
2: I got my
4: Now's the okay. worst time because that whole Last of Us bundle that they're going to bring for PS4 like that, or Last of Us that they're porting to PS4 at that point, that's not enough to really justify getting a next-gen console because that's a game I'm going to play right now.
0: Okay. Exactly. And it already looks really good. Yeah. Last of Us is awesome. Yeah. Really yeah. I mean, George, I remember you were struggling with, like, should I get a 3DS or a PS4? It's like, 3DS has games on it already. So, yeah, I, I totally understand that. Even now, I bought Yeah, I bought the... The deciding co- factor was, just, like, actually don't commute,
3: like, I drive to most places, so it's like, yeah. uh, that's the only time I'm ever going to touch a handheld system. And also, I have an iPad, iPad and the iPad has some really good games on it. And I already have it, so I don't have to like, pay anything extra for it. It's just six bucks for this game. I'm like, all right, great, fuck it.
0: <laughs> oh, man, it was amazing. Oh, man. All right, uh, let's talk about Halo 5. Th- this was a big surprise, wasn't yeah. it? <laughs> <More Halo. laughs> um, I, I, I'll i be honest, I didn't do too much research on Halo because I don't really care. Uh, what can you guys tell me about this game? Tell us about this game. What's so special about it other than it being. This is just straight for Xbox One, right? It's why the sure. subtitle?
4: Honestly. Like, why the subtitle? I mean, oh, yeah, traditionally, yeah. traditionally yeah. all numbered Halos, like the main ones in the series, Star of Master Chief, have all just had mm-hmm. a number in it. Usually the spin off games are the ones with the subtitle. Well, the first
3: yeah. Halo had a subtitle. The first one. Oh, yeah, Combat
4: yeah, Combat Evolved. Combat evolved. Yeah.
3: evolved,
4: yeah. But like Halo 2, Halo 3, and Halo 4 didn't. I mean, you had Halo 3 ODST, and that pretty much got
3: rid of Halo 3. It's just ODST at
4: this point.
3: Yeah, I mean, unless this one, maybe, maybe it's not going to feature Master Chief
0: prominently. Mm. because remember yeah, that person I saw didn't that. look like Master Chief. It was well, it was Master really Chief, good. and then
4: there's another Spartan on top.
0: So that could yeah, be... Yeah, they said game. that's
4: not Cortana. A lot of people were confusing that for uh, Cortana, like, you know, she's getting, like, a redone, or, like, she's getting... Right. Cortana, or, or Sarah or Palmer.
3: Palmer, but it's like, no, maybe this will be more of, like, a spartan focus game. Like, maybe maybe people from Reach. Maybe it's June, who was one of the Spartans that escaped. But, I don't know. that It's, it's Halo. I mean, Halo always has this really cool kind of... I always liked H- Halo art, because I always thought Halo... Did a good job about making like a very pretty world to shoot funny-looking aliens in.
1: Yeah,
3: so it's, it was it's colorful. It's colorful and like and they always like huge skyboxes and like getting into a vehicle in Halo was always really good and like it was always a good build-up when you got into your tank or your flying thing and they they do really good like minute-to-minute combat moments but I I think it's always really strong in Halo games. Um, I don't know. I, I like the fact that they acknowledge and it's official. It's like, hey, we're we're because you know they're working on a Halo game. Yeah. that's all really people want sometimes. It's just give me the announcement. Let me uh, for some reason that makes people happy when they know stuff's being made. It's something that we do and something we always complain about at Nintendo. It's like we know you're working on a Zelda game. Just tell people you're making it. Tell people that you know Smash Brothers is coming out. We know you're making it. Just do that announcement at E3. You'd be surprised how many pre-orders you move just by acknowledging someone that you announce That's why... Consoles, they sell. (laughs) Yeah, like, I give Square Enix a lot of credit. They just acknowledge stuff that they're working on. It's like, yeah, we're working on the Hitman game. We don't have a title for it yet, but yeah, we're working on it. (laughs) it, You know, we know that you know that we know that you know that we're working on it. So let's just cut the bullshit and just do it that way. That way you you don't rely on like someone leaking something on Neogaf where it's like oh it's a bald head it must be Hitman guy I'm like no it's
4: like... <laughs> <laughs> you know
3: take your take your press releases and you're on take
4: no, your own that they're doing like what like what Ed Boon's doing now for Mortal Kombat the number
3: ten is everywhere we all know Mortal Kombat's coming I mean yeah exactly it's like really come on like unless you're really gonna blow me away with this trailer then fine but. Just, 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 say yeah. Obviously, working on a little combat guys. Come on, or a new DC. Yeah,
0: or what? Um, what Kojima was doing is like, dude, it's Metal Gear Solid Five. Like, the, come on, just stop. That is the, the, the
4: biggest troll in the gaming industry history. Like, what's troll
0: we knew? We was going had on. A Fire
4: Whale, and we were all questioning
0: it. We all had no. We really, there was like a moment there where we actually believed like what he was doing. <laughs> I, I did, and I was like, this is Metal Gear. I I didn't believe it for. I think we're
3: on to Kojima at this point. Yeah. It's like, oh, but he's the biggest troll in the game.
0: Period. <laughs> It was hilarious. I'm like, come on, dude. Seriously, it looks like the Fox engine. What else is it gonna be? You know, and the, the freaking name jo- Joaquin Mogren is like an anagram of Kojima's. Like, dude. And then they had like Konami people at the um. What was the name of the studio? Moby Dick Studios was like. Oh yeah, Moby Dick Studios. Yeah, was like a bunch of Konami people at the party for Moby Dick. What could it be? <laughs> you know? Props it up for being there and doing that with a straight face. But yeah. Uh, but with that said. I thought it was great. <laughs> I thought it was a lot of fun too, you know. I, I you know, I like when, when companies you know have fun with this and like, hey guys, you're on the joke, right? Let's just keep it going for a little bit longer. <laughs> okay.
3: yeah, but but no, Halo, you know, just just knowing that Halo five has a release window or in or it's that it's being worked on, you know, it it shows a good sign for it's like, okay, good, I know if I get this Xbox One. I know there's going to be a I know to expect the Halo game because there's a release date and i will probably, probably be some footage at E3. Like I said, and you'd be surprised. People will
0: buy a console knowing that, you know, a lot of people bought PS3s. Oh dude, I felt the same thing. Yeah, with PS3 I'm like I got got to work, I got Final Fantasy, I got people, the bought of, PS3s,
3: people bought PS3 knowing that Metal Gear Solid 4 was coming for this system. And as soon as it was announced, it's like, hey, it may be a year or two off, but I have the system now. So I know I'm if that's your franchise and you're all you need to do is just have that assurance that it is coming out on your system, then you'll buy that system and you'll invest and you'll be like, all right, well, everything I do right now is a build up to this Metal Gear Solid game. And I, and I think that actually, announcing those exclusive titles actually help. I mean, even if they are a year or two down the road, it, it helps because it just gives people some security where it's like, okay, good, so we're definitely coming out on this system. It's on a multi-platform thing like... Yeah, okay. I think the multi-platform things also could help, because look at Final Fantasy XV and Kingdom Hearts 3. When they showed that at the
4: Sony press conference for PS4, people lost their damn minds
2: mm-hmm.
4: at that point. And they were like, yo, I'm going to get it on this console, Like, even though they know it's coming out on the other platform. Yeah, eventually. But,
3: but the yeah. fact that they actually just showed it and actually made a big deal about it and acknowledged it, like what you were saying, gets people excited. Yeah, yeah. And we and we're, were talking about like what was going to be the E3 trend, and it's going to be a lot of companies a lot of third-party titles that seem like they're exclusive to certain consoles. Yeah, so like, we're okay. going to definitely use it for content. Like, so it's exclusive of like Destiny. Mm-hmm. Yeah, or that's... you know or Call of Duty on the Xbox One. Like Destiny's PS4. Watch Dogs has been PS4-focused. Uh, every time you see a demo playing out there, that, that holds a lot of weight for people when you see someone play a live demo and it's a PS4 controller or an Xbox One controller. Even though it's going to come out on both, seeing it there just kind of gives the someone who's really not into, you know, not on NeoGAF or watching gaming news sites all day, they're going to see like, oh, I guess it's coming off on PS4, at least I know.
1: Yeah, that I think that that is the big thing, especially with things like uh, Watch Dogs, which I think it has, like, an extra hour of, like, exclusive content and stuff like that, yeah. so it's, like, it, it's going to be those things, I think, that both of the consoles are going to try and do by, like, sweetening the deal a little bit, by, like, hey, if you purchase the game on our console, you'll get this exclusive content that you won't get on the other console, so that that is the big thing, I think, is, like, treating all these big third-party games as if they were exclusives, even though they're going to be out on multiple platforms.
0: Yeah, I always find that interesting. It's like, you know, it's like they show a game and it's not, end, yeah, PlayStation. It's like, it's also coming out on Xbox. Right. Like Call of Duty, same thing. It's like Call of Duty, Xbox. It's like, it's also coming out on PS3. It's, it's interesting how, like, these... Third-party games, they, they seem exclusive, but I think that's just, you're right, for people that don't pay attention too much, like, yo, yeah, that's it, I gotta get an Xbox because I want that game, even though it's on a, you have a PS3 already, you could buy it on that too, but no, the commercial said Xbox, I need to get it on Xbox. <laughs> it's very interesting how they do that, but yeah, I, I think you're right, that's gonna be a trend now, you're gonna see a lot of that, and with Watch Dogs, I do need to say Ubisoft has a history of that, uh, Assassin's Creed always has like an hour of extra content for uh, PlayStation systems. That's how they do it, I guess.
3: Yeah, they'll, take, they'll, they'll take the money. It's like, hey, we'll pay for a bunch of commercial spots uh, by the time launch, and we'll we'll, we'll we'll feature, you know, every time we demo this game, we'll use a PS4 controller. And a lot of times it comes down to that. Like, you know, companies will be like, hey, we'll, we'll run all the advertising for you. So yeah, you look a, look, a, look a, at Activision yeah. right now with Destiny. That That's a big budget mm-hmm. for, for Destiny market.
4: Oh,
0: my God. Yeah, and you're right. If you didn't know better, you would think that's a PS4 exclusive. What?
3: And you know who's paying that? You know Sony's flipping that bill. Yeah, they are. And Activision's like, hey, fucking great. <laughs>
0: All this is a fucking logo. It's not gonna any extra work for us. All right, I want to talk about this because th- I don't know it, what this implies. Maybe you guys give me an answer here. Uh, so YouTube may buy Twitch TV, and Twitch TV, everybody knows, is the big gaming streaming thing. They they came out in two thousand eleven. They blew the hell up. Twitch is actually going to be showing most of the E three footage, if not all of it, now. So YouTube is going to buy them. What do you think that means now? Like, are there any like implications here? Great for YouTube. Say you that right now. Yeah, obviously. <laughs> <laughs>
3: Yeah, because you're getting that Twitch fan base. I mean, my dream scenario is that this is running off, like, YouTube server. Like, it's streaming off YouTube stuff with just a Twitch logo on it because I think the Twitch service isn't all that great. In theory, I love the server.
0: It's
3: on PlayStation 4, I'll tell you that. It's going to capture a lot of people with that. Yeah, but but I mean, like, if, if, if back-end stuff, this is all YouTube taking care of all that stuff, with just a Twitch. That, then that's fantastic. But you are getting the millions of people who use Twitch for streaming and don't really go on YouTube because YouTube does stream stuff, but just... That's kind of like
0: not really that popular. Like now, we're streaming this, people. <laughs> <laughs> if they just
3: rebranded. They just rebranded. It, it's the same exact thing. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, I, I think you're just you're just buying up users, which is fine. Yeah. that's what.
1: I mean, if this goes any way, it's going to be in Twitch's favor because like getting the infrastructure of Google and YouTube and having access to those servers and all that will that that solves like a lot of their problems because you know like Twitch, I know like has had a lot of issues with running consistently, because especially, like, when you have things like the PS4 launch, like, Twitch was down for, like, you know, Twitch has had downtime a lot, so... Uh, I think just in terms of, like, a, a, a like maintenance and upkeep, it's going to help them a lot. Uh, just
3: Yeah. Well, my biggest question is going to be, how is Twitch going to handle, like, copyright issues? Like, people yeah. stream games, you That's know, emulators and ROMs, like, you know, Twitch plays Tetris. Like clearly, they do not have the rights for the Game Boy version of Tetris to run that stream. So I want to I want to know how you know what's YouTube's going to be policing what their policing policy is going to be for streaming stuff that you don't quite own because I'm pretty sure you don't own Parasite Eve on PlayStation 1 because there's no way to stream it directly on the PS1 so you're playing it from a computer you crook like I wanna know because mm-hmm. like, you know YouTube already has that issue with a lot of you know let's players and you you know people who are just content creators on YouTube that get a lot of these weird copyright strikes or so it's like or maybe I just don't like what Tony's saying about my game while he's streaming it I'm gonna call YouTube and you know I'm gonna send a complaint and say oh no he doesn't have the right for this and here's one what one copy ever and if you get YouTube three your channels, that. Three yeah, streams yeah. Your channel is eliminated, regardless how many millions of users you have.
2: That's an issue that YouTube needs to fix, like, with everything, not just the streaming, because yeah. it's still a problem to uh, content creators on YouTube.
0: Big time. Yeah, have you run into any problems? Because I know you do a lot of videos. No, uh, because
2: I stay away from doing the, the gameplay stuff.
0: Oh, okay. <laughs> Actively avoid that.
2: <laughs> I'm like, no, screw it. <laughs> just my face, that's it. It's they can't one they have <laughs> claim this.
0: Yeah, but as usual, when this news was announced, everybody, oh, my God, this is horrible. How dare they? Like, Really, guys? You're going to get emotional? Over guys, all? you
3: should be more concerned. Don't be concerned about YouTube buying Twitch. Be concerned about AT&T buying DirecTV. Yes. Yeah, that's weird. Mm. That's, that's, that's weird. the weird one. That's some <laughs> scary-ass
2: scary shit. That's weird.
3: All right? Big cable company with a big phone company, that equals monopoly, and those are bad.
2: Mm-hmm. And isn't it the second one? Well, not to get too into it, but that's like the second case of this with yeah. Times Warner getting bought out and shit. Yeah. yeah.
3: These, these are stuff the FCC really is looking into because then at some point it's like, hey, if you're a monopoly, you can kind of charge whatever the fuck you want. Like, that that's scary.
1: You're compl- but no, people are
3: concerned when Disney buys Marvel. Cause I don't want a Mickey Mouse in my X
4: Men.
2: <laughs> I can understand the Twitch people. Like Twitch people got angry about this, and I know that a, at least one guy. I saw on Twitter at least one guy say, "Well, there goes my odds of um, expanding where I get my money from." Because he's on YouTube, but he's also on Twitch because he gets uh, two separate incomes from like both of them. And I'm there thinking, "Do you make that much money off of Twitch as it is?" Like I think you'll. I think in the end, it'll help content creators on Twitch a shitload to be getting paid by YouTube.
3: Yeah, and also, it's a second second platform. Even though we all are the same company, YouTube will still be YouTube and Twitch will still be Twitch. Exactly. They they didn't announce that it was like, oh, no, we're just absorbing
0: Twitch and we're just going to call our video stuff. No, 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 it's just streaming's going to be Twitch. It's a
2: typical knee-jerk reaction that gamers have.
0: Yeah, that people seem to have a lot on the internet. It's like, step back a little. Let's think about this first. Then you can say something. It's okay, guys. Yeah, also, I, I think it'll be a good thing. And also, to make money on
3: YouTube, you need to have millions, because I um, I forget what the number is. I think last I checked, uh, when I was doing like my own thing, seemed like the monetization, I, I think it was something for like every fifteen thousand viewers or every fifty thousand viewers, what? like hundred bucks or something. I yeah, you have to be Billions no, well, Johnson, yeah, apparently. That's wow. if
2: you like consider that like if you consider two dollars something good, yeah. then you, yeah, you're because that's the good thing about YouTube. You make. A video and it gets views, you will be paid for those views. Hmm. If you make a, if if you do a stream on Twitch and you get views, you're not gonna likely get paid unless you're a partner. That's the only way that you're gonna get paid unless you have that subscribe button.
4: You have That's to be way William it. Johnson basically. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So. But no
3: one here has a million subscribers on YouTube. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> nope. nope. Not even they close. close a thousand dude. No, not, not in those videos where you put your dog in an apron and just pretend to cook and oh. or, or the rabbit eating cherries. Did anybody see that? The tiny no. hamster. <laughs>
0: tiny a. Oh, yeah, yeah, I know, yeah, that's great. Yeah, I only I, I only have like I yeah. the shit out
3: of watching a tiny hamster eating tiny pizza. And,
0: <laughs> yeah. Like, I, Oh man, Oh, man, it's great. And then the um the last news thing here yeah, I, I had to throw this in because this made me go nuts. Did you guys see that Batman trailer today? Oh yeah! Oh man, that that was a good counter to the shitty news we got. Batman v Superman: Dog it of Justice. Tony, Tony
3: of, that title is not final. I'm just throwing it out there. I, I feel like we're in on the writing process of this movie because I don't even think <laughs> I don't think the script is even written yet. I think they're just throwing. For some reason, I feel like we're this feels like a really weird reality movie where we're just in the writing room and it's just like, hey, you know, be a good title. Batman v Superman the dawn of justice. Like, yeah, sure. <laughs> and, then, and if you're like, <laughs> streaming this live, and I'm like, this is a... this is a- it's, it's, a- like, it's like you got to pay for DLC in order to get the real title. <laughs> oh, I George.
0: Zach, oh, Zach wish gonna, you were right. Yeah,
1: go ahead. Dax Snyder's going to change his mind like five days before the movie comes out. He's like, no, that was a stupid title. Just like, <laughs> you know.
4: <laughs> <laughs> that's what the movie should
1: be called, World's Finest, because this is what it is. Really. You no, know we should call it The Dark Knight Returns, because, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
4: that's
0: right. <laughs> it should have got
4: the outfit.
1: Yeah.
3: I don't I mean, understand that the V Tword. Oh, why is it v- like?
0: You can't afford the S
1: and VS. I a- no, I, th- I when I first saw it, I was like Batman 5, Superman. Like, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> it,
3: looks like court, it looks like the deposition of a court case. It's like on the paperwork. Say,
2: I'm,
1: yeah, oh I'm Wade. You're right. vs Predator is doing it wrong. It's actually going to be a legal battle between uh, <laughs> Batman and Superman. <laughs> Who's the plaintiff? Is what
3: I'm trying to find out. <laughs>
1: like it's, a lot of, it's a lot of. I feel like this is just a lot of placeholder
3: information, like that title is clearly going to change. I hope so. I really hope you're right, dude. There is a God. Oh. What,
4: if it's just, what if it's just called Dawn of Justice?
3: There is no God, warning That's,
0: That's the thing you I'm need to okay understand.
4: Yeah, the reason why I say that, though, is because, like, you know how DC is with a lot of their ambiguous titles? Like, they don't necessarily necessarily say Batman, you know, except for, like, Batman Begins, but then they start going to like, The Dark Knight, The Dark Knight Rises, Man of Steel, you know, things like that. It's like, it's kind of like their thing now as opposed to, like, Marvel, who actually has their superhero names
3: in their movies. Like it's kind of weird for them, but like you don't understand what I mean.
0: Yeah, I, I, I
3: think more of it's. I think you keep the Superman title. I think you keep the Superman title just so people know it's a Superman Batman movie. But I wouldn't be surprised if they just drop that and just say the Dawn of Justice, even though it's just such a cheesy comic book name. It's oh, like if you
4: advertise World's Finest because that's what they are. It's, that's how always even in the comics and even in the TV shows. So they call
0: the World's Finest. But anyway, if if exactly that yeah, we're just yeah, talking tracking too much. The Batman trailer, the Batman. Give, give me that game right now, please. It, it looks so awesome. Exactly. Oh, yeah. I want that Batmobile. That Batmobile is gonna be awesome. You know what they need? They need DLC for
4: the Batmobiles. Give me the '89. I'm good. I'm good.
0: I just like the fact that he has, like, a bat suit that has, like, all these little moving parts in it. It's so awesome. It looks awesome. like the Iron Man. It like, kind of looks like an Iron yeah, Man. Yeah, it totally did. I was like, is that Batman Iron Man? What's <laughs> going on here? But I thought it was great. I'm like,
3: yes. I, like, I liked Arkham Knight just kicking the shit out of him. I'm like, oh, you got a cool suit, too. And they're just punching each other in the face. And then Batman shooting himself out of the car, then flying around, then landing back in the car. I'm like, how unnecessary,
0: but amazing. they <laughs> <laughs> so just drive there, Batman. Oh, man. Oh, yeah, so, yeah, that's October 7th. It's like, Ooh, give me that now. Oh, Thank God, God. Rock is doing
4: it. It gets me excited about it, because when I saw the Arkham Origins trailer, I just did not give a damn. Like, this yeah. one, I care
3: a lot. It, it was, was the Batman game we didn't need nor want. <laughs>
2: yeah, I
0: wasn't yeah. into Origins. Origins. I never even played it. It's like, what is it, the Batman game we didn't want and we didn't deserve or something? It's The like Batman that. game that didn't exist. It's I
2: played it in was, I played it for five minutes, and I was like, oh, my God, I can't do this You again. think that's bad?
4: <laughs> and you just like Blackgate. Blackgate's worse. Yeah. Which one? Blackgate. Arkham Origins
0: Blackgate. Oh, that's, wow. It's oh, worse. That's A lot worse. That's Yami, the you, one? Yeah. Yeah, Yami, you like the other Batman games, too, right?
2: I love Batman, yeah. The, the freaking Arkham s- series is, like, one of the best superhero series of all time. And then I played Origins, and I was like, I can't do this anymore. I can't be Batman again.
3: the table. It seemed like a very list <laughs> Batman game, where it was like, we have an open world city? Yes. Is it Arkham? Prime. Is it Christmas or snowing? Yeah, sure, we not. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. There
2: you go. You Uninspired. Know, Uninspired Batman. You know what the
3: worst part about that is? Is because it's
4: called Arkham Origins, there isn't really any mention of Arkham, or was it Arkham Asylum, or anything like leading into the other games mm-hmm. at all. It's not, like the end credits. That's it. It makes no sense. So
3: it, it, it felt like a cash-in, which was which was a shame.
0: Yeah, that's probably exactly what it was. Exactly.
3: Or, or, or honestly, it felt like Warner had another studio ready to work on a video game, and they had nothing to give them. And it's like, well, it's going to be another two years for Rocksteady, and Batman's still doing good. Maybe they, they told you guys, hey, come up with a Batman game. It's going to be a, a smaller budget because all the original voice actors are going to be in this other cool Batman game, and we pay Kevin Conroy two million dollars for a session, so we're not paying him another two million. So here you go. Come on. <laughs>
0: All right, so that's the news. So let's wrap it up with what we've been playing this week. Uh, let's start with our guest, uh, Yami. What games have you been playing this week?
2: I have been playing the crap out of Sonic and All Stars Racing Transformed.
0: Oh, that's interesting.
2: I bought it. <laughs> okay. I bought it on sale on Steam, so I've been playing the shit out of that. And on top of that, uh, always sometimes monsters, which is really great.
0: Tell us about that game. I don't. I've never heard of it. I just I heard the like, title. That sounds cool.
2: It's a little indie game. It's a little gem. Uh, it's so cool in that it has a very gripping story, and you uh, you have branching storylines. So if you're really into player choice and uh, gritty shit, uh, I suggest that game. And also it has, like, cute little graphics.
3: Yeah, it's, it's yeah, a it's cute good. little, like, Super NES JRPG.
2: But it's, like <laughs> but it's not cute.
3: <laughs> dark and it's dark. It's
2: pretty horrifying. terrible. Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's awesome.
2: It's really, really good. All
0: right, um, JJ, what about you? What you've been playing this week, man? Uh, man,
4: I've been missing a lot with my PlayStation Vita. It's like my new girlfriend now, pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, here's the thing: because I was a really big uh, 3DS game. I'm a big portable gamer. And you know, I, I at the first I was really kind of adamant about my PlayStation Vita. But as I started getting games that actually I really kind of you know, kind of you know made a connection with, it was re- it started becoming a lot of fun. I've been playing a lot of Dragon's Crown. Dragon's Crown is awesome.
0: Oh, one of the best. You and I need to play together then. God, awesome.
4: You need to play that with me because it is awesome. Yeah. Awesome for four people. It's amazing. It's an awesome action RPG, and I've also been messing around with uh, Super Stardust Delta, which is a little bit older, but it's still a great game to own on PlayStation Vita. It's really cheap now on PSN, but besides that, finally, I have been I went back on my PlayStation 3 to start playing a lot of uh, Super Street Fighter 2 Turbo HD Remix. Nice. busting people up online, so I'm kind of messing
0: with that, so I've been doing all right. Cool, cool. Uh, Ryan, what about you, man?
1: Um, I've been trying to finish up Child of Light, because I'm getting very close to the end now. I
0: finally um, beat it!
1: <laughs> good job, yeah, I was gonna say, speaking of cute little RPGs, um, mm-hmm. yeah, I, so, yeah, I'm getting toward the end of Child of Light, and then I've also played through Transistor, um, finishing up my review, which should hopefully be up, uh, by the end of the week. Nice. And, yeah, Transistor is very, very good. Uh, it's a good time, I think, for, like, indie games, because you have games, like, always sometimes Monsters, and Transistor, and, like, all these great indie games coming out, so...
0: Yeah, it's like a like a little bit of a golden age. I I'm loving it.
1: Yeah. Yep. <laughs> George, That's what about it.
0: you?
3: Uh, since I'm a brand new PS4 owner, I was went back and I was like, let's. Uh, I gave Infamous a I gave Infamous a shot. We were talking about it earlier. Um, a good game. I didn't I didn't super fall in love with it. I I think I think towards I think it falls into that open world trap where it's just like there's a lot of stuff to do, but I just kind of want to do the story mission and dick around with the powers. Um, I think the recreation of Seattle is like really on point. Where it, and then I kind of realized Seattle's like a super boring city, so
0: <laughs> so it's not that good like, of a recreation, that is that's,
3: it. This is yeah. a really cool, authentic, amazing-looking city, and I'm like, there's nothing to do outside that fucking Space Needle. It's like I kind of don't care. But um, the game itself, I thought it was a, a great, you know, superhero game. I, I, to me, that worked really well. I love the last, the I won't reveal the last two powers, but that third power is amazing. Yeah.
0: I, I Wait, love, the third I power, just... I'm pretty sure I talked about that in my review. You could probably say it. The oh, the, the power, video. The video power, yeah, yeah.
3: That's amazing. Like, you draw powers from TV screens, and then you throw, like, digital swords at people. And I was like, that is kind of neat,
0: and that's super dude, original. Dude, when I got that power, I, this is what I thought to myself. I'm like, when in comic, because I've been reading comic books for over 20 years, and I'm like, I've never read of a power like this. This is really cool. I like it. It's very unique. Power a video is, power. His power is the internet. Like, he just do streaming stuff. You see
3: the little buffering things on your power, and I was like, this is kind of hilarious. You're throwing yeah. YouTube
0: videos at people. I, uh,
3: <laughs> you're I haven't, at I, people.
1: Have, <laughs> I haven't got to play Infamous yet, but like, you know, from all I saw, like, I remember when I first saw it, and they said, like, oh, you're gonna have, like, smoke powers. I'm like, okay, that's kind of cool. But then I heard about, like, the neon powers, and I was like, oh, this sounds like interesting. Yeah, I think, like, uh, yeah. And I think what broke the game for
3: me is I got all, I maxed out all the neon power super early, so I got that super speed. So yes. I really didn't care about any of the other powers because I can run really fast for unlimited amounts of time. And I was like, well, why do I need to fly around? Fuck flying. Flying is dumb. I can just do super jumps all over the place. I was like, all right. But, uh, I mean, I thought it good. You know, nice good ending. I think it was a good, uh, good addition to the infamous kind of uh, franchise. Uh, can't wait to see what they do. I want to see Sucker Punch move on to something else. Agreed. And, which kind of leads to the other game I played. I played Killzone Shadowfall for the first time. Well, that's a lie. I played an hour of it when the PS4s came out on a neighbor's PS4, and I literally just put the controller down. I'm like I'm never gonna play this game ever again. And I walked out. And then I was like, I shouldn't do that because I always get into arguments about Killzone with uh, other games journalists. And I'm like, you know what? Let me play through this game and then reaffirm my argument. This game's is terrible. Are your Mercenary is better than that one, honestly. It is. I'll be, I'll be, I'll be oh, it is. It is. Um, it, it kind of fall it has that crisis problem where it's a gorgeous looking game, but it's so fucking boring and the combat is terrible because it's just dudes with helmets looking at you and sh- occasionally shooting you and I was just not feeling
0: it and I got through
3: three hours of the game and then I gave up so, I went a little bit further, but
0: then I was like... Man, uh, Killzone, I bought the game because I'm like, okay, everyone's always talked about Killzone. I've never really played these games. This is the marquee shooter of the PlayStation. It looks fucking gorgeous. Yeah, I'm like, this looks looks gorgeous. Let me buy it from PS4. That was one of the first games I played. Every single thing you just said, George, every single thing... I totally agree with. I completely. The game is boring. It it's is boring. boring. And I love <laughs> sci-fi bullshit. And I was just like, ugh, I'm like, yeah, oh, hey, i don't really hey, care hey. about this. <laughs> the only thing I can take away from it is that, yeah, and now that I played it other gaming journalists won't give me shit because I could val- I could validate my point. Like this is why I think the game sucks. That was my first kill zone and that will be my last kill zone. I'm never playing that franchise again. That was terrible. I really like Killzone. Like I actually kinda like Killzone too, even though it was kinda dumb. Like yeah. <laughs> Me too. I like mercenary. Killzone
3: Mercenary on Vita is actually really, really good. I, I played some of that. I, I stole a Vita for a while for a trip and I I fell in love with that game. But uh but yeah, I, I kind of want to see Guerrilla Games move on to something else. Like mm-hmm. we, They've nailed making a game look pretty, which I am total confidence in. So now maybe maybe first-person shooters aren't... Really, they're, they're doing an RPG. Hey, uh, you know what? Great. I'd love to see them try to take a crack at an RPG. Like I, I don't like when just people are just stuck with a franchise. That's why when Naughty Dog did Last of Us, I'm like, ooh, it's not Uncharted. Great. And then Uncharted 4 gets announced. I'm like, God goddammit.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Oh man! All right, as for myself, um, I finished up Child of Light. I didn't realize I was at the end because I left it off at one point, and then I kept going. I'm like, "Oh, it's the final boss." Um, I thought um Alyssa James, our you know reviews editor, she reviewed the game. She gave it a perfect ten out of ten. I'm not gonna disagree with her. The game is fantastic. I I still think everybody needs to play. it. I'm so yeah. happy that a game like that exists in the gaming industry. Coming out, know you're coming uh, out on yeah. Vita. That's right. I,
1: I actually, like, when I heard that announcement, I kind of kicked myself because I was like, oh, like, this game would be great on Vita. And, like, yeah. But, um, yeah, it, it is really good. And,
0: uh, oh, crap. I just forgot what I was going to say. Sorry, go on, Tony. Go okay, like, ahead. Yeah. It's a pretty yeah. game. <laughs> yeah, and then obviously I, I finished up playing, um, you know, Dragon Guard, I, I don't want to play that game ever again. That's not going to happen. And, <laughs> it really
3: um, good once it's over, though. It's kind of like, I feel like I just served in a war or something where it's just, I can finally come back. <laughs> That's how I thought playing
0: Lords of Shadow 2. Oh, my God. That game, che- that game cheated me because what happened is, like, I beat the game. I see the credits and this was Wednesday. I'm like, Fantastic! I beat this like with a lot of days before the embargo. Then it goes, "Oh yeah, by the way, here's another side story you can play." I'm like, "I don't want to play you anymore." Stop. (laughs) (laughs) So I had to. Sometimes I feel like
3: that's good for a review where you just say, "Hey, listen." At some point, I said, "Fuck this game," and. And I'm pretty sure I'm pretty sure there's a Tumblr out there of just people putting their review of game reviews putting like some of their review notes for games, and I think the Tumblr's is called like "fuck this game" Tumblr or something. <laughs> 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 I, I did, just put their awful notes about like shitty video games they play, and it you know and just
0: like you know stuff you actually wrote in your notes was like worst piece of shit ever kill myself or that kind of stuff like yeah, i like i wish i could post my sh- notes as actual reviews cuz they're far more entertaining than the you know like structured ones there's i just go crazy with my notes you know Wish yeah, so i should, we
3: have a feature cuz i used to do the the george notes at the end of my reviews and i've gotten better not putting them up cuz i'm like ah these seem kind of dickish but i think if you i think i, I think we uniformly agree to put like our some funny little notes that we've taken when we do a game then i think that'll work
0: I think mice will be too vulgar, though, man. I get really bad with them. Like, like, yeah, exactly. Like, here's my review for this. Fuck this, you know. Conversely, I want to do the opposite. This is great. Um, So yeah, that's all I've been playing out. I don't know what to play now. Oh, yeah, Transistor. I've been playing Transistor. I almost forgot. Um, I only played about 30 minutes of it, but I really, like, I don't know what the hell's happening in the game. I have absolutely no idea what's going on with the story. The combat is a little weird, but I am mesmerized just by the visuals. And if you have this on PS4, make sure you turn it on so the voice comes through your controller. It's really cool that way. You know, it's a lot more fun like that.
1: Yeah, um, I, that, that's one of the things that I I played the PC version, but like that's a, it's like, man, I wish I had a PS Four for this because that would just make the game so much cooler. Like, cause I got to play that PAX, so the PS Four version. I, like I saw the controller lighting up. And I was like, oh man,
0: that's cool. <laughs> I don't really know what kind of game it is, but that's a good thing too. I can't classify like,
1: it. RPG is probably
0: the
3: best way to say it. Like, yes, yeah. yeah,
0: yeah. It's it's similar to Bastion. I think it is a little bit. M-
1: slower paced and a little more strategic rather than Bastion, which is kind of more twitchy um, and more action-oriented, but um, I think, like... Yeah, 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 yeah. Great
3: music. That's like, uh, the, the the soundtrack's on Spotify, so if you have Spotify... Yeah. Oh, yeah.
1: To- <laughs> it's, um, yeah, it's available. It's on YouTube. It's on Bandcamp. It's pretty much everywhere now. It's really, really good.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Derek is is an amazing musician. He's yeah, like, just the overall presentation. Oh, lost on it. Sound like I, I'm actually, yeah, I'm actually, I don't know, I'm in a weird spot, guys, because I'm both glad and n- not glad that I'm not doing the review for this. Because on the one hand, it's like I want to talk about it, but on the other hand, I just want to enjoy it, too.
3: Yeah, right
0: <laughs> See, I got to enjoy it for you, Tony. Thank <laughs> <laughs> you. All right, guys, so that's the show. Uh, I want to thank uh, JJ from The Coalition for joining us. Adu, where, where can we follow you? Tell us about it. Well, you can
4: it. follow me on uh, Twitter at VenomousFatMan1. You can find me on
0: YouTube, and you can find me at TheCoalition.com. Awesome. Yami, what about you? Where can we follow you and stuff? Follow
2: me on Twitter at IDSANTY or on Twinfinite. That's where I am.
0: The other awesomest website ever. (laughs) I'm always (laughs) kissing you guys' ass, man, on this show. (laughs) Oh,
2: that's sweet.
0: (laughs) Right, and uh, this week I was joined by Brian Meisler. Uh, you can follow me on Lo- on uh,
1: MySpace, LiveJournal, uh, GeoCities, AngelFire, uh, any other popular websites that are available now.
0: <laughs> <laughs> George Uh You can find me on
3: my Amazon wish list, where <laughs> <laughs> I'm a
2: bunch
3: of Amazon gift cards
0: and socks. I like socks. Oh, socks are nice alright and I was your host Tony Fonko you could find me hiding somewhere from angry people that don't like my reviews all right. I don't
4: like the game I like <laughs> wow.
0: alright guys I'm always here um, on DualShockers doing stuff and things and stuff and other things and stuff
2: alright
0: <laughs> I'm just being stupid now alright guys thanks for watching and listening we'll see you all next week bye bye
2: bye
4: nanny